Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office this afternoon. Whew, wow. Man, I got to tell you, God is just really doing some incredible things. There, there's lots going on in the spirit realm. I've had multiple conversations. Uh, just people are excited. Some people are questioning. Some people are having a hard time. Some are struggling. Uh, God God is moving across this nation uh, for whatever reason, for such a time as this, there is an outpouring. He's opened a window. I, I've spoken this yesterday, um, talking about the, the message I gave at the, the funeral that I was uh, officiating yesterday, how I really feel like God's opened a window and is pouring his Holy Spirit through that window into anyone who's willing to receive. And with all of that in mind, he just keeps pouring message after message after message into me. I've been writing nonstop. It seems like I've got a folder full of stuff now that I don't know how or when. Or <laughs> I just kind of feel my way through and just, God, lead me to whatever message you want me to preach. And I'll share that particular message. And today I'm, I'm going to do one that's relatively fresh on me. Um, it, it's it's close to me right now, I think. I think there's a lot of things in my own life going on that, that bear witness with this. So I'm going to share with you a message I titled, What's Behind Us? Now, you remember the old movie Gumball Rally? I, I love that old movie. It's like back in the 70s, so you got to be an old person to know what I'm talking about. Well, there's a line in that movie that stuck with me all through these years. Actor Raul Julia, a.k.a. Franco, in the in the clip, in the movie, He's playing the part of an Italian. He says this infamous statement that has just resounded in me. I've used it. I've made fun of it. Uh, I've talked about it quite frequently. But what he said is, he climbs in his little roadster and he, he looks at his passenger and he said, the first rule in Italian driving. And he reaches up and he snaps off the rearview mirror and he tosses it behind him. And he says, what's behind you is not important. Wow, I have had some fun with that. What's behind you is not important. Now, contrary to this statement, what's behind us is actually very important. Our past is what has shaped us, formed us, set us up to be who we are today. Some very have had a very colorful past, while others may be a rather mundane or passive one. But either way, it has helped equip us for our here and now. Unfortunately, our past gets used against us quite often. People love to harass us about our past. Often, just having fun, maybe reminiscing fumbles in life's journey or humorous memories shared to gig someone playfully. But other times, people use our past to try to hold us back or even hurt us or cause us grief in our now. The enemy of our soul, Satan himself, uses our past against us daily ever encountered someone who's trying to live in their past? Maybe refusing to accept reality? Actually, it may be more common than we think. So are we to just forget our past and move on? Have you ever been told that by someone who simply is absolutely clueless to what you're dealing with? Dude, just move on, they might say. It's not that simple. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul ends a section in Philippians 3 by saying, One thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward 
in Christ Jesus. That's verses 13 to 14 of Philippians chapter 3. Is Paul instructing us to forget everything that ever happened before we met Christ? Is this a command to purge our minds of all of our memories? It is important to consider the passage that precedes these two words. Paul had just listed all his religious qualifications. Now, to the Jewish mind, uh, that was of, of really supreme importance. He then states this, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. It's in verse 8. Paul's making the point that no fleshly accomplishments matter in comparison with knowing Christ and trusting in his righteousness alone for salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 is a great representation of that. Regardless of how good or how bad we may have been, we must all come to Christ in the same way, humble, repentant, and undeserving of his forgiveness. In Romans 5, 8, but God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Titus 3, 5 says he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we've done, but because of his own compassion and mercy by the cleansing of the new birth, the spiritual transformation, the regeneration, and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. The word forgetting in this passage means no longer caring for, neglecting, refusing to focus on. So our, our memories store millions of pieces of information gained through our sense, uh, through our senses since birth. Some experiences are impossible to forget, and any effort to forget them only makes them more prominent. Paul's not advising us to do a memory wipe here. He's telling us to focus on the present and the future rather than focusing on the past. It's easy to live in the past. Whether it's a past victory that our minds continue to replay, or maybe it's a past defeat that hangs over us like a shroud, it needs to be left in the past. A lot of times our past involves trauma. Dealing with trauma is a difficult and a tedious measure, but in the same token, if we if we recognize, yes, we've had traumatic event, Yes, I'm still walking through it. Yes, I'm still able to focus on my future. I'm not going to live in my past. Nothing hinders present service quite like being mired in another time. You can't be effective in today if if you're stuck in yesterday. Modeling Paul's forgetfulness means that we count the past as nothing. We cut the strings to, to the tie us to the bygone moment. We refuse to allow past success to inflate our pride, and we refuse to allow past failures to deflate our self-worth. We leave it behind and instead adopt our new identity in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, remember that, because of this, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as a Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away. Behold, new things have come, because spiritual awakening brings a new life. We're not to forget everything. However, in the sense of it being oblivious to it. In fact, there, there are many times God instructs us to remember. In Deuteronomy 9-7, Moses tells us the Israelites to remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here, you've been rebellious against the Lord. So Moses is telling them, don't forget that. 
Don't don't forget that that, that you angered the Lord in this. You you aroused the Lord's anger because of of the things that you did. Your rebellious nature. We're encouraged to remember all God has done for us. In Psalm 77, 11, it says, I will solemnly remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will wholeheartedly remember your wonders of old. And others who are suffering for Christ's sake, in Hebrews 13, 3, remember those who are in prison, as if you were their fellow prisoner, and those who are mistreated, since you are also in the body and subject to physical suffering. And, and, what are we before Jesus? What are we before Jesus saved us? In Ephesians two eleven says, therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth, who are called uncircumcision by those who called themselves circumcision, itself a, a mere mark which is made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that at the time you were separated from Christ, excluded from any relationship with him, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, with no share in the sacred messianic promise, and without knowledge of God's agreements, having no hope in his promise, and living in the world without God. There was a time when the Gentiles literally lived with no hope in a world without God. First Corinthians six, nine through 11 says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor perverse effeminate nor homosexuals nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor revilers whose words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander nor swindlers. None of these will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. And such were some of you before you believed. But you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified. You were set apart by God and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. But the remembering should be to the glory of God and for our spiritual benefit. If we are cleansed by the blood of Christ, then no judgment remains for past failures. Romans 8 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. If God chooses not to remember our past sins, Hebrews 8 12, for I will be merciful and gracious toward their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more, we can choose to set them aside as well and embrace the future. He promises to those who love him this future. Romans 8, 28. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Ephesians 2, 10 says, For we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. God gave me this little nugget in a dream recently. I believe it has very powerful meanings that we need to adopt into our everyday life today. It said this, this is, and I had to get up and write this down in the middle of the night. Embrace your past. Cherish your memories. Reminisce times gone by, but don't live there. God has destined you for so much more. Live in your now, looking forward, being propelled by all you have already walked through. 
man, that that to me is such a powerful, power, powerful statement. Maybe, maybe that's a refrigerator prayer right there. Embrace your past. Cherish your memories. Reminisce in times gone by. But don't live there. God has destined you for so much more. Live in your now, looking forward, eyes forward, eyes ahead, looking forward, being propelled by all you have already walked through. In, in other words, our past is, is set us up. It's, 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 it's given us what we need to move forward. We've grown through our past. We've grown through our struggles. We've grown through our history. We've learned from those things. And now with our eyes set forward, we can move forward into his, into his ways, into what he already wants us to be. The Bible says that we overcome our enemy of our soul by what? The blood of the lamb. That's, our, that's, that's, that's Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross. His shed blood to cover our sin. And by the word of our testimony, our story. Not the one we're before surrendering to, not who we were, but our story of redemption. Our story of how Jesus rescued us out of darkness into his glorious light. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Sometimes life doesn't go the way we want it to, but I fully believe it goes the way it's supposed to. Let me say that again. Sometimes life doesn't go the way we want it to, but I fully believe it goes the way it's supposed to. Listen, I've walked through all kinds of hell in my life. I've questioned God. I've cried out to God the why questions many, many times. I did it when I was 13 years old when I lost my father. I did it when I lost a marriage. I've done it when I've lost family. I've done it when I've lost friends. Why, God? Sometimes life doesn't go the way we want it to. But I do fully believe it goes the way it's supposed to. God has a plan. We have to trust him. Our surrender to his will. His will is his want for our lives. His desire, his direction, and his plan. That's God's will. Not our want and desire. Not our will. God, your will be done. We've got to trust God even in the twists and the turns. He has a much better plan than we can ever dream up. Amen. Whew, what a message. Chew on that one for a while. I have, and I'll continue to. We love you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for following on our podcast. Thank you for your financial support. God's blessing us. He's using you to do so. We're so thankful for that. Please continue. If you need to find our giving links, all of them are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com, pinned right to the top of our Facebook page and our in our story. There's ways you can support us financially. Please continue to pray over us, pray for us as we fight this fight, as we journey through the things that God has given us to walk through. Uh, we may be in the midst of the fire, but he's in the fire with us. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.